Welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm John Kennedy. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And Peter Walsh is, of course, on sabbatical. So today we have the story of Jesus walking on water, one of his most iconic uh, miracles. And it's a story that says something about who Jesus is, full of symbolism and imagery that's almost as powerful as the miracle itself, uh, as well as a real sink or swim moment for Peter. So let's get into it. This is Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Okay, so where do we jump in? Exciting, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Very yes. funny. <laughs> well, this is the second uh, storm in a boat story we have in Matthew mm-hmm. and, and all the gospels have this story. Only Matthew has uh, Peter coming out to walk on the water. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, so they've been here, they've been in this situation before. And, um, so I don't know, it's a good summer story out on the sea. My translation says sea and yours says lake. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, we know this is Galilee. So it's right. been referred to as different, yes, or both yes. things. I think sea for me speaks to chaos and, you know, the kind of primordial waters that Matthew might be alluding to here. And, um, right. so I don't know, I'll just pull that out as, as a notice. Um, but I think that it's interesting too, this is already Matthew 14 and in the sequence of events, Jesus has just been feeding the crowds on the hillside. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as we've talked about at various points in this podcast about Matthew, he is pretty overtly recreating a Torah type of 
body of work here where he's got the mosaic teachings and Jesus here has five sections of, of grand teachings and and also Jesus is portrayed as like a new Moses and so there he was feeding the crowds on the hillside sort of like Moses feeding the people in the wilderness with manna and um, you know and after that they they Joshua comes and tries and leads the people across the Jordan River into the promised land so one commentator has talked about this scene in Matthew as Jesus kind of becoming the new Joshua, mm. where he's making his disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side. I mean, mm. in a way, that's like a mashup of Moses and Joshua yeah. because then yeah. Jesus goes up the mountain, whereas Moses went up to die and disappear after sending the people mm -hmm. off to the promised land. Here, Jesus goes up to pray, and there's an emphasis here. He's alone, he's by himself. Um, the boat is far from the land, you know, this emphasis on their separation. Um, but Jesus is up there to pray and, mm -hmm. you know, acknowledge his intimacy with God and calm himself, you know, from the crowds and all their, all their adoration from his miracle in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting setup, you know, maybe that's what Matthew's up here, up, up to here is kind of recreating this narrative of getting the people into the promised land. Yeah. And then um, we won't have heard the feeding of the 5,000 because, you know, the Feast of Transfiguration falls on the week before this. So it's a little messed up. But in mm -hmm. Matthew, that's what's happening. Right. And then the next week, and then I'll stop talking, uh, yeah, um, we get Jesus and the disciples ministering in Gentile territory. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that sort of motif might continue that Joshua leads people into the land of Canaan. Right. And, yeah. you know, immediately Jesus in Matthew 15 has an encounter with a Canaanite woman, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, wow. yeah. So it's yeah, sort of interesting. Good. I felt that's that really that was pretty enlightening to read yeah. it this way. I'm glad that um, Jesus doesn't go into the Canaanite land to kill them all. I know, unlike it's totally the other Joshua. Yeah, and I say exactly. other Joshua because, of course, Jesus and Joshua actually have the same name. It is the same yes. name, mm -hmm. Jesus being the Greek form of Yeshua, a right. Hebrew name, Joshua. Uh, and it means uh, he, well, the, the word that is derived from Yasha means he saves. Yeah, so that exactly. is the name of Jesus, uh, Savior, very appropriate. And here mm -hmm. we have... Um, Peter saying to Jesus when he is sinking, Lord, save me, mm -hmm. uh, not accidental at all. I mean, what's so striking about this passage is how well it's composed. Nothing's yeah. accidental. It's so rich in Old Testament allusions, which you've already gotten into. Uh, so perhaps um, I might just sort of dive in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop with those jokes at some point <laughs> uh, and, and talk more about what, what I noticed. So you mentioned the primordial waters, um, that of, is, of course, a biblical motif going back to the very first mm -hmm. verse of the Bible mm -hmm. uh, in Genesis chapter 1 with the Spirit uh, of, of God hovering over uh, the, the waters. And this is sort of this formless void, this chaos. Right. Right. Um, water was scary to pe people in the ancient Near East because, uh, well, water is scary. It's dangerous. Um, it's, uh, you know, it gets stormy as, as it does in this mm -hmm. uh, passage. And, and if you're in... Um, a boat, especially in those days, uh, ship making uh, being what it was, you know, you're you're especially vulnerable to right. to dying. It's <laughs> really what right. it comes down to, I guess. Right. Uh, and it's unknown. And and in ancient uh, cosmologies, you know, maps of the world or understandings of the world, mm -hmm. uh, certainly in this part of the world, uh, they thought the world was sort of enclosed mm -hmm. uh, by by waters because they didn't right. know what, if anything, was beyond all of that water. Right. Um, and it wasn't until like, you know, Magellan and Columbus and so on <laughs> that we got a bit more clarity on um, 
mm-hmm. what's out there. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, obviously there were progressive steps towards towards mapping and discovering um, the world from that perspective, because of course there are already people here and so on. Not really the new world, but new to um, people coming from Europe and and um, and so on. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, so so water is this very rich symbolism, and it it's it's threatening, uh, it's chaotic, it's unknown. Uh, and, and Jesus, uh, as, as you said, uh, for the second time in the gospel, certainly in, in this gospel, Jesus uh, demonstrates his power over uh, yeah. that, that force of, mm-hmm. of nature, of, of mm-hmm. creation, um, identifying him in some way with God, the creator, mm-hmm. um, who, who alone, you know, the, the scriptures say has, has power over um, such, uh, uh, you know, uh, powerful forces of nature like water um yeah it said somewhere that um you know this this feat of walking on water was always reserved for deities yes from the epic of gilgamesh onward yeah Yeah. so yeah this is a a clear kind of definitely a motif moment yeah um and in a psalm i have here oh well a job talks about god trampling the waves of the sea Mm -hmm. chapter nine um and uh, in Psalm 77, it says, God's way was through the sea, uh, God's path through the mighty waters, yet God's footprints were unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can imagine um, all of this being very much in the mind of, um, of, of, of Matthew and, and or um, at both and, I would say, the, the tradition that, that mm-hmm. Matthew is drawing Absolutely. on. Um, that, that Jesus is being revealed here. So we're, we're starting to see who Jesus is at this point yeah. in, in Matthew's gospel. At least people are starting to see it, or at least his disciples are starting to see it. I mean, you know, Matthew's narrative starts, you know, Jesus the Messiah and so mm-hmm. on, and the genealogy and the miraculous birth. So that's clear from the beginning, mm-hmm. but it's being made clear to his disciples mm-hmm. at this point uh, in the story. Uh, even though last week we talked about transfiguration, mm-hmm. it actually happens a little bit later, not much right. later. Right. Yeah. Um, we didn't, that last week was taken from Luke. So we kind of missed the Matthew version yeah. for our feast day. Yeah. But yeah. Right. I mean, the, there's so many beautiful Psalms that, that are um, evocative here. And Psalm 69 is, save me, Lord. You know exactly what Peter's saying. Save me, Lord. The waters have risen mm-hmm. up to my neck. Right. Um, and and then, as you mentioned, Psalm 77, and then there's Psalm 107. He makes the storm calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were glad because he brought calm and he brought yeah. brings them to their desired haven. You know, um, and then, we, of course, we have the idea of Noah and, and um, not succumbing to the storm. And Jesus, you know, for, I, you mentioned water and those chaotic waters of creation and, and all that. Um, I think that the boat has always been a symbol for the church. Mm. And so here in Matthew, um, there's also this mix of alluding to the church's struggle and the church's um, being battered by waves and chaos and fear and feeling alone and all those things. And um, Jesus, you know, he sends them into the boat. He he has promised at the beginning of this gospel, he'll be with them always. You know, Manuel, God mm-hmm. is with us. And at the end, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. So, you know, he separates for a moment to get them to the other side. But his intention is always to be with them in the boat, right? Yeah. And so so here, their second time around in a storm, they're they're not quite as afraid of the sea. But when they see him coming, they're terrified of the ghost. You know, there's a point made that it's, early in the morning, early in the morning, which is like before dawn. Mm-hmm. And 
somewhere I said that, that somewhere I read that's prime time for demon and Satan activity mm, <laughs> to kind of roam the world and, and do their havoc, yeah. you know, between three and 6am. Right. Yeah. The fourth watch. Yeah. So, but there's, so there's Jesus and they think it's a ghost and they cry out in fear. Um, and here's Jesus, take heart. It is I, here's your allusion to, you know, us finding out more mm-hmm. about who Jesus right. is yes. and very significant. Yeah. That kind of Yahweh yeah. self title. I am. Do not be yeah. afraid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, powerful. And so, uh, you want to talk about Peter getting out of the boat? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, this only appears in Matthew and, uh, it's a really interesting story because Jesus says, you know, come out of the boat. I mean, in response to Peter's, um, sort of, you know, impulsive, characteristically yeah. impulsive, uh, impetuous, uh, uh, nature. He says, uh, it, yeah, if it is you, let command me to come to you on the water mm-hmm. um and and uh fairly ridiculous request perhaps but nonetheless jesus uh says you know come uh, uh come to me so um peter starts going and and you know as as we have it in the story he actually makes it a little bit mm-hmm. uh and then then he sinks right he notices the strong wind he becomes frightened mm-hmm. and begins to sink uh right. and, and cries out lord save me i mean this is fascinating you know it's um because matthew places the greatest emphasis on the centrality of, of Peter in the early church. Uh, you know, you are the rock on which mm-hmm. this church will be built and so on. Uh, and yet, uh, Peter is not spared the um, unflattering depiction he gets throughout the Gospels in Matthew's Gospel. I mean, he's, he's not uh, somebody uh, full of power and faith mm-hmm. and virtue at this point in the story. Uh, his importance to the life of the church clearly doesn't rest on things like that. Mm-hmm. It rests on the power of Jesus, uh, which is given to Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first he's, he's able to, to go with it a little bit, but then, then he becomes frightened and starts to sink. I mean, this is so yeah. relatable. It's just like <laughs> so yeah. spot on as far as human psychology goes that, know. Um, you know, once we begin to, uh, doubt or second guess, uh, or just sort of get out of the moment of whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is we're doing. Like, you know, it happens all the time in, in golf for sure mm-hmm. that, um, the less you think the better you do right. usually. Zen of golf. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. reveals you to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well here, yeah. I mean, special as Peter is, I think in Matthew, he's archetypal for, yes, for maybe indeed. all the disciples and he's got this, uh, you know, people love to call him impetuous and all that stuff, which he might be. But he's also got this beautiful willingness to to, to jump in with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. Yeah. bad pun. Um, it's completely unnecessary for him. To, Jesus is on his way to the boat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, James Allison is, is one who emphasizes this idea that Jesus is reenacting this Joshua scene of, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Peter kind of half, half gets that Jesus is doing something like this, or, you know, there's more than meets the eye here. And, and Peter's like, well, I should be out there with you. You know, I'm, I have the keys to the church or whatever. Um, he's, and he wants to be right next to Jesus. So maybe I don't, nobody, who knows why he wants to walk on the water, but he, he wants to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Jesus of course invites him to come. But I think that when when Jesus says to him, why did you doubt this word doubt is, it's used twice in Matthew and it's distazzo. It's a different form of doubt than skepticism. It's more like, you know, vacillation or 
wavering. And, um, and the second time it's used, the second and only other time it's used it is in Matthew. And it's at the, in the presence of the resurrected yeah. Christ when it says, and some doubted, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and we always do like, we have this mix of like wavering and intention, you know, wavering and commitment. And, um, it's just the way we are, you know, it's really hard to be all in when there's so much swirling against us. And, um, I feel like that's where Peter, Jesus meant for Peter to stay in the boat, you know, stay, stay the course. And I think that for us, the church, um, it's easy to kind of get out and go try to hunt Jesus down in other places and not really believe that he's there in the boat with us or that he has, you know, he's too far away or, you know, who, I don't yeah. know what. We feel yeah. alone. We feel rocked, abandoned. Mm -hmm. And maybe Jesus is saying, why did you doubt? You could have stayed in the boat. You know, that's sure. where the work is. And that's, we're heading that way. We're not heading this way, you know? So I like that uh, interpretation. Yeah, that I is interesting. I find that really helpful. And it's, I remember my early childhood Sunday school teachers always, you know, we were always drawing the pictures and coloring Peter on the water and, you know, yeah. afraid he's drowning. And then, so that's the, you know, that's the like typical teaching for kids mm -hmm. is, you know, if, if he hadn't doubted, he could have walked all the way to Jesus and stayed dry, you know, but it's really to what end, you know, they're yeah. both going to climb back in the boat. Um, yeah. so I really feel there's power to that where Jesus is, is saying, why, why did you think you needed to come out? I like that. Yeah. 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 And, um, so that, that's some good richness there. I love it. There that. really is. Yeah. I'd never thought about that question of, of Jesus to Peter. Why did you doubt as being applied to his, request to come out there to see if it's really Jesus in mm -hmm. the first place. I totally have read it in, in relation to the walking on water or failure right. to walk on water. Um, and I do like that because, you know, yeah, it, it, walking on water is not something that like the apostles do mm -hmm. subsequently, like Paul is shipwrecked, but like he's, right. his thought isn't like, well, I can walk along the water. I mean, clearly this is a, a symbol, uh, you know, not to say it's not historical, but, but it's at least a symbol mm -hmm. of, uh, Jesus's identity, his di divine identity, uh, because of, of the Old Testament allusions that we've mm -hmm. already looked at. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. I, I love this this um, uh, church as the boat, or boat as the church imagery as well. And um, when I was looking at this, I you know noticing the juxtaposition or, or the sequence rather of um, the feeding of the five thousand and this story of of the walking on water um, that I. I was thinking about something that really connects to that um, metaphor of, of the boat as the church, which is, of course, the feeding of the 5,000, maybe not, of course, but that has Eucharistic mm -hmm. uh, symbology, symbolism, um, you know, of course, the, the bread being given to, to all and, and that echoing the manna in, in uh, the desert from the Israelite wandering times with Moses uh, in the Torah. Um, so if, if the feeding of the 5,000 is uh, representative of the Eucharist, then um, this is perhaps representative, this story is representative of the church's life um, after, you know, uh, the ascension where uh, we don't see Jesus. We don't really know where he is all the time, or at least we, we don't, we, we waver on, on you know, our, our knowledge or trust of, of where Jesus is. And um, we, we become afraid and we get battered by the waves and the storms, uh, the chaos of life. Uh, but periodically, Jesus does, you know, come to us in, in the Eucharist mm -hmm. um, and sustains us and uh, uh, leads us along, you know, to, um, 
we, we actually don't get the, the part about the making it to dry land in this particular, the way that this is showing up in the lectionary, but that is the next thing. They just make it to, to mm-hmm. dry land mm-hmm. uh, safely. Um, so I think, I think that's, you know, there's, there's so much there. I, uh, um, you know, my, my imagination is certainly when I think about application to my life and, and to people's lives generally, uh, is, um, is with, with this, this idea that, that Jesus, you know, even, even with what we've already said about the walking on water, Peter's walking on water and the wisdom of it, um, that we can actually do a lot more than we, um, give ourselves credit for, mm-hmm. um, that this is a, a story about Jesus's, um, power and identity and centrality and that our power, uh, stems from, arises from Jesus's power, uh, and, and a call to believe in, in the power of, of Jesus as the son of God, which is the confession the disciples make at the end of the story. But it's also, I believe, uh, a story about Jesus's, um, belief in us in a way, mm-hmm. uh, to follow him, to yeah. be like him in, in certain in, in real ways and, uh, how, what gets in the way is not, um, not him, but us, mm, you know, right. that's Especially the limiting get factor. Out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you're going to have a lot to work with on this one. So Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I wish you good, yeah. good or, Godspeed on, on yeah. writing a sermon yeah. on this one. It's rich. I think, I think yeah. we've covered basically all of it. I mean, there's, there's always more. Touched but, on, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sk- Touched we say on all skimmed of the surface. Skimmed the surface. Nice. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed skimming the surface with us and that it's inspired you to go deeper in one way or another. And we look forward to seeing you next time. So thank you for, for joining us and, and like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, I'll see you next time. See you in church. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,